Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Wars, natural disasters, and diseases. The world already looks like we're in the tribulation. In today's Prophecy Update, Pastor Didi explains that things look bad because we're so close to the Tribulation, and it will be much worse during the Tribulation. When the Rapture happens, you don't want to get left behind. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on October 22nd, 2023. Today we're going to begin in the next book, 2 John, because 2 John comes after 1 John. Looking forward to it. Just the first three verses, I mean, wow. What we're going to do is look at not only how to address relational problems, but how we can specifically and even practically resolve relational problems. Um, I chose this title of whose side are you on? And I did so for reasons that I hope will become clear here shortly. I've been inquiring of the Lord concerning what's being dubbed as a war between the Palestinian militant groups led by Hamas and Israel. And this after Hamas attacked and really butchered innocent Israeli civilians and citizens. It was when this happened, after this happened, that I discerned and decided that I had to address this both prayerfully and carefully. And this for several reasons, chief of which is this, and please hear my heart on this. The second hand on God's prophetic clock, let me maybe fill in those blanks real quick. The hour hand is, is Israel, the minute hand is Jerusalem, and the second hand on God's prophetic clock is the Temple Mount. And that's, by the way, what this is all about. So one of the main reasons for doing an update like the one today is that the second hand on God's prophetic clock is right at the time of the pre-tribulation rapture. Oh, there he goes again. Yes, there I go again. Now, we know this. Why? Because Bible prophecy tells us this. Bible prophecy tells us this by way of the geopolitical developments at the time of the end, centered in Israel as it relates 
to Israel. In fact, the original language of the Hebrew New Testament uses a word, Hebrew New Testament, wow, what a long week. That's Greek, I'm sorry. Um, The Hebrew Old Testament, in the original language of the Hebrew, there's a word used to describe Israel as, it could be literally translated the navel or the belly button, the center. It's the apple of God's eye, the center of the world, the belly button of the world. If that's a little bit too uh, much, we'll just use a more physiological term and just call it the navel. It's the center of the world. Israel is the center of the world. Yeah, I, I've shared this before, I think maybe, because uh, I haven't shared in a while, so I shared this uh, uh, many times over the years about how when I was in Russia one time, and uh, I was teaching at the Bible college there in Moscow, a condensed uh, course, and the students there in the Bible college in the dorm said, hey, Pastor J.D., come, we want to show you something. I'm like, okay, what? So they take me down the hall, and they point me and stand me in front of a map. And they have me look at this map. He said, you know, it's anything different. I'm looking at the map, you know, being the extremely intelligent man that I am, you know, just kind of musing, you know. So don't you see anything unusual or different about this particular map? I'm like, no. And they said, well, what's at the center of the map? Not America. Russia. No, think about it. I'm in Russia. They have a map of the world. Who's going to be at the center of a map of the world in Russia? Russia. Well, God's got, I'm going somewhere with this, and it's deeply profound. God has a map too. You know who's on the center or who's at the center of His map? Israel. Israel. And that's why we know, because that is the center, that is the central focal point at the end of what the world will look like at the end. And guess what? It's the end. Because you look at Israel and you're going, whoa, this looks like what the Bible says it will look like at the time of the end. In Israel, with everything that's happening to Israel. And that's why we know this. Uh, one more, uh, uh, boy, it's going to be an interesting day today, isn't it, for this update? But just real quick, uh, we just had our, our pastor's meeting uh, this morning, and I was uh, telling the guys that um, the reason why people have moved away from the sound doctrine of the pre-tribulation rapture is because the world right now looks like we're already in the tribulation. Why does the world look like we're already in the tribulation? Because we're so close to the tribulation. It takes you back and you got to step back and you're looking at this thing going, wow, it already looks like we're in the tribulation. So out goes the sound doctrine of the pre-tribulation rapture. Because if we're already in the tribulation, then it must not be a pre-tribulation rapture. Well, congratulations. You know what you just did? You just superseded the Word of God with the events of the world. You're interpreting 
the Word of God through the lens of the events in the world and not vice versa. You interpret the events of the world through the lens of God's prophetic Word. I don't feel better. I was hoping I would, but I don't. Does that make sense? But this is a thing, by the way. Pastors, teachers of God's Word, have abandoned the sound doctrine of the pre-tribulation under the banner of what I just explained. And I just, I, all I can think of, the closest thing I can think of to anything that would even come remotely close to explaining it, not excusing it, explaining it, I'm almost done with my rant, so there's hope, is what Paul wrote to Timothy about the last days that in the last days they will not put up with sound doctrine. They will not tolerate sound doctrine. It will be a characteristic, a marker of the last days. So in some way, I suppose we shouldn't be surprised. What's your point? My point is this, and by the way, none of this is in my notes, which is, (laughs) that's a problem unto itself. Here's my point. How close to the seven-year tribulation are we if people actually think we're already in the seven-year tribulation. Could it stand to reason that we're so close to the seven-year tribulation, which explains why people think we're already in the seven-year tribulation, that we're that close to the seven-year tribulation, which means the rapture can happen anytime. Okay, now I feel a little bit better. Let's move on to our prophecy update already in progress. So the center is Israel, the, the center of the world the navel is Israel. And because we covered this in depth in last week's update titled, Why Israel? Why now? Let me just simply say, it's all happening right now. That's why. However, we have a serious problem. Oh goodness, not another problem. It's not just my problem, (laughs) because I'm going to make it your problem too. It's a gift. What's the problem? Well, it's a problem that needs to be resolved, and it's that of choosing sides, which, by the way, plays right into the enemy's hands. He could not be happier. This is why I chose to title the update in the form of a question, whose side are you on? Because you see, choosing sides, we've talked about this before in prior updates, choosing sides is textbook divide and conquer. Let me say that again. Choosing sides is textbook divide and conquer. Jesus said, a house divided will not stand. United we stand, divided we fall. Have you heard that one? So don't you think the enemy knows that and plays that card? knowing that if he can seek to and does steal, kill, and destroy, how is he going to destroy, divide, and conquer? Divide. That's how he's going to destroy and conquer. Because if a house divided cannot stand, well then what's the enemy going to do? Divide the house. So it'll fall. And this is really in every arena. This is one of those principles in life that you don't break, it breaks you when you go up against it, without exception. It's textbook divide and conquer. As soon as you start choosing sides, 
it's game over. You've already lost. You've already lost. Here's where I'm going with this as I try to calm down a little bit. I went back to my Bible. What a novel idea. And revisited key passages that thankfully reminded me of how this can be biblically and correctly resolved. Resolved, what are you, what are you resolving? This choosing sides problem. This divide and conquer problem. And one of the go-to passages, it's a most fascinating account, is found in the book of Joshua. And it provides us with a solution to this very complex dilemma. And it is complex. I hope that I'm in no way oversimplifying something that is very complex. Joshua chapter 5. You can join me there. I'll begin reading in verse 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho. This is now as they're approaching Jericho, getting ready to conquer Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? Translated, whose side are you on? Answer, verse 14. So he said, no. Wait, Uh, it wasn't a yes or no question. It was multiple choice. Actually, I only gave you two choices. You either on their side or our side. Whose side are you on? And he said, no. But, and I want you to pay particular attention because your translations will capitalize he and this next word as commander of the army of the Lord. I have now come. Who are you? Oh, this is Jesus. What? No, this is what the Bible, what we call a Bible Christophany, a pre-Bethlehem appearance of Jesus the Christ prior to his virgin birth to Mary at his first coming. Oh, by the way, he was there in Genesis 1.1. He was there in the Genesis account. Let us create man in our image. That's the Trinity. It's not, let me create man in my image. That's singular. No, let us, before the foundations of the earth. (laughs) Jesus is there and was there, the Alpha and the Omega, no beginning, no end. And by the way, Jesus is in every chapter of, of every book in the entire Bible, Jesus is there. And such is the case here. How do you know this is Jesus? Because of what Joshua does next. What does Joshua do next? Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Now that's Jesus, not an angel, because anytime any man tried to bow down and worship an angel, the angel's like, don't do that. They would never accept worship because 
only God is worthy of all of our worship. So that's how we know, because if this wasn't Jesus, and it was an angel of the Lord, and not the Lord Himself, they would have said, get up, get up, what are you doing? I'm just an angel. But Jesus doesn't do that. Verse 15, then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Jesus said to Joshua, take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Okay, pastor, um, you're not answering the question that you're asking. I mean, don't you hate it when somebody answers a question you weren't asking? I think it's worse when you don't answer a question you were asking. I need to get more sleep probably. I am answering the question vis-a-vis the Word of God and the Word of the Lord to Joshua, who asks him the wrong question. Whose side are you on? That's the wrong question for which there is only one right answer. Here's the answer. You ready? Wait for it. It's not whose side am I on, or even whose side is God on. Rather, are we on God's side? Are we on God's side? That was the answer. (laughs) Whose side are you on? No. Wrong question. I mean, wrong answer, but wrong question. Let's, Let's get it right first. There's only one right answer to your wrong question. It's not whose side are you on. It's, are you on God's side, according to God's Word, according to God's will? What's God's will? Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, the Lord is not slacking concerning His promise. This is, by the way, in the context of His return, as some count slackness, or if you prefer slowness, as some of your translations render it. And here's the reason why, by the way. He's long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It is the will of God that no one perish, but that all should come to repentance. And please don't accuse me of universalism. Hell was never created for man. Hell was created for the devil and his demons. God did not create. I love how one said it. God doesn't send anybody to hell. They send themselves there over Jesus's dead, crucified, and resurrected body. That's the will of God. That's according to the will of God, that all would come to repentance. All, all Jews, all Arabs, all locals, all Howleys too. I got away with it last week. I thought I'd push, push it again this week. Okay, can you get to the point? Yes, get to the matter at hand. I will. What's the matter at hand? The matter at hand has to include a distinguishing between the land, that's the matter at hand, and the people laying claim to the land, that's the matter at hand. There has to be a a distinction, really, if you prefer a separation between the people and the land. And that's what we're going to do. And that's what we need to do. 
what I'm hoping to accomplish in explaining all of this is to prove that the so-called Palestinian claim on Jerusalem is illegitimate. Actually, one of the main reasons, of which there are many, for the illegitimacy of the Palestinians' claim is that there are no Palestinians. There's no such thing as a Palestinian. The best book I've ever read on this, it's by Ramon Bennett, titled Philistine, The Great Deception. Now you have to understand that as your pastor, if I'm so privileged to be your pastor, I grew up in a home being told and taught that I was Palestinian. My dad Egyptian, my mom Palestinian. And then I got saved at age 19. And then I read the Word of God for the first time all the way through from Genesis to Revelation. Took me about six months. And I started asking some very important questions that demanded some very serious answers, like, I don't see the Palestinians being the same as the Philistines in the Old Testament. And then I came across many, many years ago this book, and I mean, it was life-changing for me. I have to confess, and I do recommend this book. You can still, I think, get it on Amazon. It's been a long time now, but um, it's not a book that you enjoy reading. It's a book that you endure reading. There was a couple of times where I just had to walk away from it, because it was such a hard book to read, knowing you know, this, this was my roots, you know. Who am I? I don't know. I thought I was a Palestinian. I'm not now. What am I now? I don't know. Anyway, enough of that. But I just want to share with you a few quotes from his outstanding work. In the year 130 AD, the Romans renamed Jerusalem Aelia Capitolina, after the emperor Aelius Hadrianus and the god Jupiter Capitolinus. The Romans kept Aelia Capitolina as their name for Jerusalem and renamed the promised land Syria Palestina. The renaming of the land was an overt effort to eradicate the Jewish connection so that, not quoting, the name of Israel be remembered no more. The name They renamed it. After the Muslim conquest of Palestina in the 7th century AD, the name Ilya, like Ilias or Elias, Ilya, Capitolina, gradually faded from use. And in due process of time, Palestina, the Latin form of Philistia, the land of the ancient Philistines, was anglicized into Palestine. That's how they got the name Palestine. Here's a truth bomb, pun intended. It wasn't named Palestine because of the Palestinians. It was named Palestine because of the Romans. The ancient Philistines are not synonymous with the so-called modern-day Palestinians. How do you know? Because the Bible tells me so. The Bible records for us, actually you can start in 2 Samuel 5, it's actually before and after, but the Philistines were destroyed and eliminated under the rule of one King David. 
Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you've heard today may have encouraged you in your faith, and at times it may have brought up more questions that you would like answered. If you're wanting to get in touch with us, go to jdfarag.org and find the contact link at the bottom of the page. That's jdfarag.org. There, you can let us know some of the questions you might have, and we'll get back to you and try to answer those questions as best we can. While you're on our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If what Pastor J.D. shared today has you really confused about what it means to know Jesus and life beyond this life, there's a resource for you that might be helpful. At jdfarag.org, find the ABCs tab. This will walk you through what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus and what that means for you going forward. Once again, our website is jdfarag.org. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Just scroll to the bottom and click on Calvary. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Thanks for listening in to the Prophecy Update for today. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. The Bible and its prophecies are not to be taken lightly. And so we'll keep digging in on In Spirit and Truth.